can't believe the prelims are over and we're down to the end. I mean, can you believe the weekend is finally here? I can't believe we're almost to the grand final. It's been a year in terms of season, but also for the pod. I feel like all of the AFL stars are aligning for me, if that's even a thing. (laughs) But before you all sign off, let me just explain. I'm celebrating my one-year anniversary of the podcast. So October 21st is when I launched it in 2019. So it's been an entire year of getting to share, learn, and grow with you all and discuss our mutual love of the sport. And the first AFL playbill went out. So the newsletter is now out there. And we reached over 8,000 downloads worldwide on October 15th. Some of you may remember I started out on Anchor, but I moved to Podbean about five months into podcasting. So thank you all for listening and big virtual bear hugs for hanging with me on this journey. I couldn't ask for better company. But this is it. This is the grand final weekend, and I really can't wait to watch the game in the middle of the night. It starts at 2.30 in the morning. Before the season started, I was so looking forward to hosting really anyone willing to watch the grand final with us in the middle of the night. So typically back in New York City, the game would start after midnight and Andrew and I would watch until after 4 a.m., sometimes with friends. And I love watching the entirety of the show. So all the celebrations and everything following the game. I love the medal ceremonies. And when all of the Ozkick kids kind of exchange a medal and give a medal to a player, but they also get a hat from a player. So I know things will be a bit different this year, but mad props again to the AFL. I can't say it enough for getting us all through this season. It's later than usual, but honestly, kind of a sweet spot because it's kind of like a sweet start to the beginning of a holiday season here in the U.S. We love our Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. So let's get to it and dive into the opening overture of my overall thoughts on the week and where we're at now at the end of October. For one, I'm sure you've all been following that our presidential election is coming up and I got my absentee ballot a couple of days ago so I can do my part and vote. And two, as I said, Halloween is coming up a socially distanced one or however that will look. You know, I'm not into canceling fun for kids. So to all of my Americans, stay safe if you plan on doing anything. And of course, three, for a stats update, the U.S. just saw about 60,000 new COVID cases in a day. So that's triple what the daily average was back in June when restrictions kind of started to ease. So it's another sign that we're nearing what experts are calling a rapid acceleration of the disease, and we've now surpassed 8 million confirmed cases. 
On the flip side, in Australia, Victoria seems to have almost eliminated the virus in the state. I'm really proud of all of you for your lockdown efforts and really all the sacrifices you've had to make to get the numbers down to under five a day. I know all about that life and what that's like. So I'm really happy for you. And I'm just really hopeful because restrictions seem to be lifting for you. If you look at how the UK and how the US has handled things in comparison or by comparison, there's no question which route should be taken or should have been taken. And I do really hope that you'll all be able to attend footy at the start of next season and throughout the 2021 season next year. But now it's on to Act 1, so let's talk prelims. For the Port Adelaide versus Richmond game, something about that pouring rain made me so nervous. I was nervous throughout the entire game. I mean, a level of nervous- nervousness that I can't really describe. Wait, okay, sidebar. Have you guys seen that video from last week of the Utah runner who was on a trail and he came across some cubs? If you haven't seen it, definitely YouTube it. So the runner kind of stumbled across some cubs, some baby cubs, and he grabs his phone to film them. And then out of nowhere, a mother mountain lion just appears and starts stalking him. So he starts walking backwards down the mountain and trail because she just keeps approaching him and alternately like whips her tail and also uses it to balance in a way that makes her shoot forward like every few feet and every couple of minutes. It's genuinely terrifying. So I felt like that runner all game where he's kind of just going backwards blindly down the mountain for over six minutes where he's just completely shaking, but he's not taking his eyes off the mountain lion. I mean, that's literally how I felt about the game. I couldn't look away. And maybe that hit home just because we're currently in Southern Utah, but Again, I knew this was going to be a fight. It's two top teams, the reigning defenders and the top team of the season. So it was really a devastating game for Port because they were leading for parts of it. And the margin never stretched beyond 11 points for either side. So the game really was one of those thrillers that came down to the last minute. And I couldn't help but think if Port only had 30 more seconds, they could draw the game and maybe a sliding doors alternate reality could have played out. But Richmond ended up winning by a goal. So Brad Eber, you're a champ, really is all I have to say. And Rosie and Dersma's efforts all game. Congrats to Port. What a season you've had. And I know you'll be back and on top again soon. Massive applause for your season. And then afterwards, everyone's current favorite villain, I guess, in Tom Lynch, he was giving an interview for Channel 7, and then someone literally threw their drink on him, which was so crazy to me. I mean, I understand if you're upset about the game or upset with him, because I know even the players kind of went after him and let him know how they felt about him during the game. But I just think that there's no place for that particular action, and it's just not right. But We'll talk more about that later. In the Brisbane versus Geelong game, this was 
a pretty exciting contest for the entire first half. It was a pretty roaring first half, actually, incredibly fast paced. And it was just so exciting because it was the prelims. And I'm really at that time of the season and year where I just don't want footy to end. But at the end of the third quarter, Brisbane kind of fell short and just a little flat. So Geelong took advantage of that and hit a 23-point lead in the final quarter and then topped that. So the writing was definitely on the wall, and it was a painful last 10 minutes for Brisbane. My personal highlights for this particular game, honestly, everything that Danger did, and it was a completely shining night for Gary Ablett Jr., so massive shout out to him who honestly looks like he could play until he's 40 or beyond that if he wanted, but the grand final will be his last game since he announced his final season would be 2020. I don't know if you guys remember that from last year. Again, congrats to Brisbane for another stellar year. I know you'll still be a top team next year and you have so much to look forward to, and I'm not just saying that for the two teams that are now out of it. But what did you guys think about the games? My email is aflfootyobsessed at gmail and aflobsessed on Twitter if you'd like to share. Okay, so now it's intermission. So quickly during this time, let's just cut away to other sports. So the World Series started this week between the Tampa Bay Rays and the LA Dodgers. And currently they're tied one to one in a seven game series. And I have to admit, I typically watch the World Series. I'm not the biggest baseball fan, but when we get to the end, it's really exciting. But I'm just not as invested this season, probably since I've been all over footy. And the World Series is not usually concurrent with the AFL season, but that's what's happening over on this side of the world. And now we're on to act two, where I have discussions about relevant footy topics and issues. And I feel like there's just always so many footy topics to discuss, (laughs) any trade news, and I'm on it right now. But first, I wanted to talk about Brendan Gale, the CEO of Richmond's prediction a decade ago on Footy Classified, when he kind of unveiled a bold blueprint for his tenure at the club. And he said that the Richmond Tigers would have three flags, a 75,000 strong membership base, and be completely out of debt by 2020. So he predicted the end of a long premiership drought for Richmond, and the seeming pipe dream back in 2010 definitely raised a lot of eyebrows from the footy classified panel. So not only did he aim for those premierships, but he wanted a huge member base and for the club to be completely out of debt. Just a point of info now, the Tigers achieved 75,000 members three years ago, and they're well over 100,000 now, and the commercial opportunities have obviously followed. So it's been said that great teams win premierships, but only the very best can turn one flag into a dynasty, and three clubs have done it this century. So Brisbane won three in a row, 2001 to 2003. Geelong won three in five seasons, so that was 2007, 2009, and 2011. And Hawthorne won four in eight seasons, including three in a row, so 2008 and then 2013 to 2015. 
So the Tigers have now had their eighth final win across the last four seasons, and the prediction now seems to have entered almost like oracle proportions and territory, so they are well on their way to a renaissance and dynasty, and we'll have to see if they'll make history this weekend. But I can't help but thinking if only my club could make that bold assertion and have it all turned around in the next 10. (laughs) But anyways... And second, the Brownlow ceremony, which was a very different kind of ceremony this year with players in all different states and the black tie dress code taken off the table. So congrats to Lockie Neal on his win. I loved his speech, especially where he referenced Ross Lyon and how he kind of had a hard chat with his coach early on in his career to turn it all around and kind of rise above that and get to where he is today. And just because my background is in fashion, I just have to give a shout out to my fave looks. That Julie Neal dress for the women, followed by close runner-up Charlotte Viney, is just the top of the fashion looks in my book, and Patty Dangerfield in his cream linen suit for the men. So it's definitely an annual event where I love checking out all of the outfits and designers, especially if they're from Australia, and it's just a part that I always look forward to to kind of cap off the season. And a third, I wanted to just add a little heartwarming section to Act 2 because I really think we could all use some feel-good stories from the week. So for two scenes in Act 2, number one, as I've said, For whatever we've said about him, me included, Tom Lynch doesn't deserve to have drinks thrown at him. And then following that, though, the heartwarming part for me was that he consoled a young Port fan. Literally following the interview, he went into the audience and there was a little Port fan crying and he went up to him and just kind of consoled him and told him maybe next year. So he may be a bad guy on the field, but off the field, he really does seem like a stand-up guy. And two, Joel Selwood's mom did the research for quarantine, and she asked if any parents of players wanted to get together and try to make their way into Queensland for Saturday's grand final. So they kind of rolled the dice with a Darwin quarantine, and they quarantined together given Queensland's restricted borders. So I thought it was really sweet that the parents of Dangerfield, Salwood, Guthrie, and Menegolas all quarantined in Darwin together, and now they can make their way into Queensland. And there's a really cute picture of them all kind of just together. I just thought that was like another heartwarming story that we could all use right now. And now for the curtain call in the spotlight segment, I just wanted to throw some beams on Simone Wilkie, who is known within the AFL community as an AFL commissioner, but she's more broadly known as Australia's most senior female army officer. So she became a commissioner after Sam Mostyn and Linda Desso, who we've profiled previously. But a little about Simone. So she was educated at Ballarat's Grammar School, and she joined the Australian Army in 1983, and she attended the Women's Royal Australian Army Corps Officer Cadet School as one of only 32 women in her class at the time. When she graduated, she was commissioned and assigned to the Royal Australian Corps of Signals, And in 1993, Simone served as adjutant of the Australian Force Communication Unit with United Nations Transitional Authority in Cambodia. 
and she then became the first female commanding officer of the Royal Military College and then the first female commandant at the Army Recruit Training Center. And in 2007, she went to Iraq as Assistant Chief of Staff of General David Petraeus's multinational force during the Iraq War Troop Surge. So it was really interesting to hear her insight on learning the American military language during this time because it was completely different from what she was used to. And then in 2011, Simone became the Australian National Commander in Afghanistan. So in late 2014, she was appointed as a commissioner of the AFL, and in that role, she was heavily involved in setting the strategy behind and launching the AFLW. So Major General Wilkie has had an outstanding career within the Australian Defense Force over a number of years, and she's literally been someone who can seamlessly transition, at least to me, from the war room, the boardroom, and the locker room. And Simone retired as a major general after an exceptional military career spanning 35 years with that operational service in Cambodia, Iraq, and Afghanistan. And other roles have included her commander of the Australian Defense College and chief of staff in Army headquarters. And she also chaired the Australian Defense Force Sports Council. But a really cool detail I found was that Simone was awarded the Bronze Star Medal, which is a U.S. decoration that's awarded to members of the U.S. Armed Forces for either heroic achievement, heroic service, meritorious achievement, or meritorious service in a combat zone. And just the fact that it's a U.S. medal, I just found that to be so interesting. So that's like another tie for our countries. Outside of footy, she enjoys home renovations, playing field hockey, and golf. And as for advice for young women, Simone has said that if you want to serve your country, your gender is not an issue. So to Simone, we applaud you for your efforts, and we say encore for breaking not legs but ground in the sport and country. Oh, and I'm always looking for peeps to spotlight, so if you have any recommendations, shoot them my way, and I'll give you a shout-out in the segment in future if they're selected. I'm typically looking for non-players, but I know that there are some players I want to profile in future. But yeah, I meant anyone footy-adjacent, typically not an athlete, because there are so many people surrounding the game or behind the scenes that kind of make and help to create and maintain the game that we all enjoy today. So now it's the after show since there is no wrap up this week. As for my predictions for the weekend, this has been so tough and something I've thought about all week. So the first goal I think will be by Shea Bolton. And the winner, this is so tough. I think Geelong will edge it out. Although Richmond is a great wet weather team. So if it storms and rains, like they say it well, all bets are off. This is going to be a major fight to the death, I feel, just like that 2018 Grand Final that I've really loved. And I think the Norm Smith medal will go to danger for his efforts. But tell me what you guys think, too. I'm just really, really looking forward to the game. So that's it for me. Thanks again for listening, rating, and subscribing, everyone. I love reading your reviews for the pod on Apple and on all other platforms. They really make my day. But thanks for hanging around for the show and for being here all year. Stay safe and healthy. Check on your friends and neighbors. We'll get through this like footy. 
I'm virtually hugging you and we'll talk footy soon.